Welcome to the Just Minding My Black Owned Business podcast, the place to be if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, or business leader wanting to take your business from good to great. Tune in as we speak with amazing thought leaders, CEOs, and business trailblazers about their journey, challenges, and successes. Here's your host and business innovation expert, Lynn Nicole. Welcome to the Just Minding My Black Owned Business podcast. In this two-part episode, we'll discuss how to discover your full potential and ignite your business growth. I am your host, Lynn Nicole, and I'm here to bridge the gap between your passion and success for your business or idea. Today, I'm talking with Nikki Woods, a world-renowned media and marketing strategist that helps entrepreneurs and influencers monetize their platform through media. Specifically, we'll be discussing all of the key steps every business owner needs to follow to discover their full potential so that they can get the best results in their businesses, especially during these turbulent times. So if you want to learn how to create a pathway to success, our featured guest, Nikki Woods, will reveal her battle-tested strategies and tips on today's episode. Now, let me just give you a little bit of information about our guest today. She's a six-time best-selling author. She has had a 10-year run as the senior producer and on-air personality for the number one nationally syndicated show, Tom Joyner Morning Show, an urban radio program that broadcasts to over 8 million listeners every day. Actually, Tom Joyner crowns Nikki as the hardest working senior producer in radio. Having booked thousands of celebrities, experts, and public figures for media engagements in her 20-year career, Nikki knows a thing or two about the power of publicity. So if you're a brand new business owner or a seasoned pro, Nikki will offer us some little-known media and marketing strategies and tips on today's podcast that she normally charges $2,500 an hour for. So please do yourself a favor. Turn off any distractions, grab a pen and paper, and take copious notes because you won't want to miss a thing. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Miss Nikki Woods. Woo! Like I can just hear the crowd, just everybody. <laughs> oh, it's just good. Hello, how are you? I am doing fabulous. I am so, so excited to have you here. You already know I'm girl crushing. I can't yeah. help myself. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. So let's just jump right in. My first set of questions is about your background and expertise in the field of media and marketing so our audience can understand who you are, where you're coming from, and how you can relate to where they are right now. Sure. And what we'll do is we'll jump into the major steps to success when it comes to discovering your full potential and igniting your business growth. Absolutely. That way our audience can understand how to get going in the right direction as well. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of background, education, experience as it relates to media and marketing? Sure. So, um, so I grew up in a, a small suburb outside of St. Louis, uh, Missouri, um, and you know, just had one of those idyllic childlike, you know, atmospheres growing up. And when I decided to go to college, um, you know, it was a, it was a mainly white 
neighborhood and I decided I wanted a little more color in my life. And so uh, I went to Howard University in Washington, D.C. and uh, really didn't know what I wanted to do. So my parents had a big influence on um, me going into education. And so early, early, early on in my career, I was a fifth grade teacher um, and knew probably on the third full day that this was just, this was just not it. Like this was not going to do it for me. And so I finished out that year. I went to go teach in Jamaica for a couple of years. And then I decided to go back to school and um, pursue broadcast journalism. Um, I knew that it was going to be um, a career just from what I had read that, you know, you possibly would have to move around a lot. And so I kind of wanted to do it you know, before I you know, had children and a family and a mortgage. And, you know, I was a little bit more flexible. So uh, I went back to school in Illinois, right outside of Chicago and got my degree in broadcast journalism. Um, and then I went to work. <laughs> Well, how did the Tom Joyner Morning Show come about? Oh, you know, just through, you know, I, I love like looking at, back at life because you sometimes you don't know why certain things happen <laughs> when they happen. And literally, I tell Tom, like I was stalking him my entire career. So, um, so I really wanted to. So radio wasn't my first thing. I started out in TV and I started out in sports. Um, and, you know, I love sports. Um, thought that would be like a fun kind of career thing to do and, you know, ended up working at ESPN for a little bit, but it wasn't doing it for me either. I mean, first of all, I didn't like dealing with all the athletes. So, you know, they can be <laughs> I'm sure quite, they can be. <laughs> quite testosterone filled at times. And, um, and TV really wasn't doing it for me either. I mean, it was very, TV is very, um, you know, obviously it's visual. So it, it's very surface for most people. Um, and so I didn't, you know, like, delivering a death story and then somebody's asking me where I got my shoes you know it's like you know it just didn't it didn't do it for me so a friend of mine in Boston called and I had started looking into radio and I started looking at like different journeys and of course Tom's was one of them and um, so I kind of found the pathway to get to him and it started in Boston so I went to Boston for a year and I did mornings and I really wanted to go to Chicago because I just loved Chicago radio and I knew Tom was on our the sister station in Chicago and so I was like if I can get there that's another connection and so you know sure enough just out of I say sure will and determination <laughs> uh, I ended up in um, Chicago doing mornings and I was there for 10 years and you know periodically uh, Tom's son would call and just say hey you know how you doing what's going on you, you know interested in making a move and I was really happy doing what I was doing. And, you know, in that time, I had, you know, gotten married, had a family, put down roots, as they say. And so I really wasn't looking to, to make any major moves. Because um, at that time, Chicago was uh, my fourth move of, of my career in a relatively short time. And so I was in Chicago for 10 years. And as, you know, in radio and TV, they decided to make a change and you know, we were, we were all let go and they brought in, um, the Steve Harvey morning show. Mm. And so with most contracts, you have a, um, you know, have non-compete, which means you can't go work with a competitor radio station. So they pay you for another like six to nine months, depending on what you negotiate so that you can sit out of the market until that's over. And they figure there's been some distance. Um, and so Tom, like literally like the, you know, the eighth month, the 29th day, Tom was calling, like, you ready to get back to work? And I was like, yep, and uh, came to Dallas. And so I've been in Dallas ever since. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, not only was he there for you during, he's there for you after. 
Yeah, no, Tom, when I tell you, Tom is probably one of the most loyal people um, I know. Um, and it's interesting because it, as close as we all are because of what we're doing, I mean, we were together every single morning. And so there, 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 that constitutes a bond in itself. But I, I wouldn't call Tom and I friends. Um, but we definitely have a, a special relationship. And it doesn't matter, even with Jay and Sybil, it doesn't matter how long I go without talking to them. You know, I, I'm always happy to hear from them. They're always happy to hear from me. And I have no doubt, like, if I ever really needed something, Tom would, Tom would absolutely be there. He's, well, he's a great person. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that just leads me to my next question. What inspired you to found Nikki Woods Media? I went on your website. I stopped that, too, of course. <laughs> so, um, you know, it really was in me. And, and I, I didn't grow up with many entrepreneurs in my family. I didn't have many role models when it came to that. But I just knew that there was something in me um, that had more, more to give and in different ways. Um, and as I started pursuing business, um, you know, I started out working mainly with authors just because, you know, I was an author myself and I knew how hard it was to sell books. And so I really wanted to help them, um, you know, gain some more visibility because at that time, you know, traditional publishing houses were like, you know, realizing that, you know, it's much easier to sell a book if the author brings a platform too. And we're not just relying on the publishing house. And so a lot of, you know, great potential books were being turned down because the author just had no, no platform. Mm -hmm. And so I started there. And then as I really delved more into the entrepreneurial role, I just realized overall, just as someone who is, you know, trying to do something on their own, whether it's write a book or build a business, that you can't do it if nobody knows about you. And so media to me was like, okay, this is the fastest way that people can build a platform. Um, social me media obviously is very viable, but that can take a chance, you know, take a while if you're trying to do it organically. Mm -hmm. So I just started teaching people, you know, how to pitch the media, how to, you know, write a press release, how to put a media kit together. Um, and it kind of just um, blossomed from, from there. And so eventually, you know, they were both, it was like having, you know, two boyfriends, <laughs> you know, you eventually had to just, you know, choose. And um, I decided that I would resign and really, you know, full-time pursue being an entrepreneur. I know that's right. Yeah. Kudos. I had to make the leap. It was hard, though. Um, it was hard because I really did enjoy, you know, what I was doing. So. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the main thing. You want to do what you enjoy. Yeah. Then you waking up every morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to get up at 2.30. So you really had to, <laughs> you had to have a good reason um, to get up that early. But I think that's probably one of the biggest blessings for me as I look back in my career, because even as much as I loved it, you know, didn't mean it was easy all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it makes it when you when you really enjoy, you know, you're making a difference and it's just more so part of who you are than something you just do. Um, it makes those challenges a little bit easier um, you know, to navigate. And so I think that's the biggest blessing because I've talked to so many people who hate going to work every day. And I'm like, that's 30, 40 years out of your life, you know? So, um, I've got time for that. <laughs> no, and I, you know, and, and obviously, you know, you know, making a lot of money is great, but I mean, sometimes, you know, stress costs too. And so sometimes we're making the money, but then we're paying the cost in stress. And, you know, being unhealthy and being tired and being depressed. And so sometimes you have to, to look like what, 
you know, what is the happy life look for me? Is it just being rich or is it being happy and well taken care of? Like, what does that look like? Um, And then make that decision. Mm, mm, mm. Girl, you are preaching today. (laughs) Just lived it. I've lived it. So I, it's like I tell people, I'm I'm trying to help people not do what I did in a lot of instances. I understand, and we appreciate you for that. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue our conversation with the one and only Nikki Woods. We'll be right back. Have you heard about the new Black Business Directory? Welcome to Click Urban. Here, you can find hundreds of businesses owned by us. Whatever business professional you're looking for, they're right here. And the best part is, membership is absolutely free. Just go to www.theclickurban.com, sign up for a free account, create your free listing, and boom, you're done. Begin surfing the largest black business directory online and be seen by hundreds of customers and clients all in one place. Get exposure on all of the major search engines, including Google. Our innovative platform includes search engine optimization that will make your listing easy to find. This is the hottest new business directory created for us by us. Join today. Go to www.theclickurban.com. Welcome back to the Just Minding My Black Owned Business podcast. I am so loving this conversation with you, Nikki. I'm feeling like a kid in the candy store. So I've seen from your previous interviews that you are an own ambassador. You're also an ambassador for Pretty Brown Girl, Inc. How did you achieve that? Well, I think it's a little bit different now. I might need you to take that out of my resume, but um, I I am an own ambassador, but I think it means something different than when we first started. So when we first started and and they were launching OWN, they recognized like the power of social media and the power of, you know, what we call now influencers and those who could really spread the word. And so they handpicked, you know, a few mostly African-American women um, around the country that, you know, to be ambassadors. And we really were all about starting conversation on social media, talking about it on the air, you know, writing blogs about really putting out the word about all this new programming that was coming out. Um, And that's just kind of ballooned from there. So there are a ton of people now, I think that they, you know, are considered own ambassadors. Um, But to me, it was just another lesson in, you know, okay, like big media now is looking to all the little people, Mm-hmm. included, you know, to help them spread the, spread the word. And it just re-emphasized um, not just how powerful media is, but how powerful social media was becoming. Um, and so, you know, definitely it's been interesting watching those tables turn um, and watching it now, as I call it, become now more of a partnership um, between the media and, you know, like the experts or the people who have a message because, um, you know, they fully recognize media, traditional media fully recognizes now that they need social media in order to continue to grow their audience. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So how have you managed to develop such a powerful brand by yourself? Really? Everyone who hears Nikki Woods can instantly associate that with your career. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think that um, I think that one thing that my parents gave me, and, and even though I don't think anybody ever really associates it with branding um, until after the fact, um, one thing that my parents gave me was a very strong sense of self. Like, I'm extremely independent. 
Um, they never tried to curb that. It's like, you know, uh, it, I'm really clear on what I, uh, what I want to do and who I am and what I stand for. Um, and even though that has transitioned in some regards, you know, as you get older and you have kids, you know, it transitions. But at the core of who I am, I've always been the same. And that's really important to know to build a strong brand. Um, a lot of people kind of look at another brand and be like, oh, well, that's working, so I'll, I'll try to do that. And it, it doesn't work because it's really not who you are. And to me, the biggest compliment is when somebody can have heard a podcast or they can, you know, have seen me on Twitter or they've watched a live and then they meet me in person and they're like, you are exactly the same <laughs> in person as, as you are. And, and that's, that's good branding. Um, because it's very easy for me to make decisions about what works for my brand and, and what doesn't. Um, when I was in um, Chicago, they wanted me to do a, an endorsement for um, a female condom. And an endorsement is basically me saying, hi, I'm Nikki Woods, and you should use this product because I think it's great. <laughs> and even though I'm all for everybody being safe, um, to me, it wasn't really the message that I wanted to send to our age listeners. We were young and hip hop. So we would have like the 12 year olds, the 13 year olds, the 14 year olds. And I didn't want to be the face <laughs> of the, you know, saying it's okay as long as you're safe. Exactly. And so I had to make that decision based on my brand. Uh, and it was a lot of money. <laughs> I, I thought about it twice. I was like, how do we make this work? Uh, but it just didn't. And so, you know, sometimes you have to make the hard decisions, but it's a lot easier to, to make when you know who you are. Um, and so, and I, I tell people, I mean, I was way ahead of this whole branding, you know, phenomenon. I mean, it's like, I've been branding myself, you know, since I started in, in radio and, you know, cause we have to, that's like who we are is how we pay our bills. Mm -hmm. um, so when it be, you know, when I became an entrepreneur, I had to tweak it and I had to, you know, update it, um, and bring it into my new vision. But that's a good brand can withstand that because still, even though I'm an entrepreneur at the heart of who I am, I'm still the same. Um, so I think that's the number one thing I try to tell people. It's like, you really have to be clear about who you are and what you want your brand to be. Because if, you know, when you build it, when you start it, it's really hard to change it and, and take it back. So you want to make sure that the foundation is really strong before you start to build. Man. Well, it's obvious you're the right expert for us when it comes to discovering <laughs> our full potential. <laughs> Definitely the one. So. <laughs> no, I hope so. I mean, potential is what I love. I mean, and, and realize potential even better. I mean, everybody has, um, I think, potential in them to do something great. I mean, I think we were all put on, you know, on this earth for something specific. But it's the fulfilling of the potential is where a lot of people get caught up. So there's a lot of people in their 50s that still have this unrealized potential inside of them because for whatever reason, they didn't pursue it or they didn't, you know, they didn't know what to do or they were too scared or they just got stuck. Um, so we want, we want to work on fulfilling that potential. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue our conversation with the one and only Nikki Woods. We'll be right back. Statistics show that the most important asset as a successful business owner will be the relationships you build along the way. The Elite Conversations business community of seasoned and successful business owners and professionals will provide you a network of people with knowledge, resources, and the connections that can help take your business to the next level. Don't fall into the trap of frustration that results from being isolated and trying to figure things out on your own. 
Sign up for membership today and get connected with an awesome group of business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals, and influencers. To learn more about the great benefits of being a part of the Elite Conversations business community, call 301-257-5792. Tune in to Just Minding My Black-Owned Business with Lynn Nicole as she explores intriguing insights on starting and growing black business. Eavesdrop on conversations with successful African-American business owners, entrepreneurs, and leading management experts on how your business can stay ahead of the curve. Just Minding My Black-Owned Business is your advice shop on how to navigate between the margins of business and black culture with effective decisions. Catch thought-provoking ideas Tuesdays at 7 a.m. So Nikki, you have some great books available on Amazon, bestseller even. What advice would you have for other inspiring authors such as myself breaking into the field and what helped you the most in your personal experience? So I want to couch this a little bit because I think that um, a lot of people, when I say that I'm a bestseller, they think it's because that I have something or did something that they did not do, which means, you know, being on the radio, which can help sell books. Um, so I've also coached more than 500 people, authors, to best-selling status. So it's not something that just works for me. It, it works for anyone as long as you, you know, keep your eye on the prize. So the biggest thing that I tell people that I think that we all get it backwards is one, well, there's two things. One, the first thing is you've got to give yourself plenty of time to um, not just write the book and publish the book, but then also launch and sell the book. So if you're going to work with somebody else, like a marketing person or whatever, um, or, or me as a PR specialist and a marketing specialist, I mean, we really need time to put things together. So I'll have somebody who's written a book, you know, it's, it's published, they're ready to sell it. And they're like, let's do it. Let's become a bestseller. And I'm like, but who are we selling the book to? And so the biggest thing that authors do not do, one is give themselves enough time. Um, and come up with a plan or contact somebody who can put together a plan. And then two, they spend so much time writing the book that they then don't put that plan into to action. So ideally for me, somebody would come to me at least six months before that book is supposed to publish so that we can start um, growing their platform. We can start introducing them as the authority. We can start really setting them up for bestseller success um, because it really is just a process. It's not about who you are, what you do. It's about a process and it's about um, getting people excited and interested about what you're writing about, what the material is about. Um, so, I mean, I've written, all, you know, I've written fiction books that have become bestsellers. So it's not, it doesn't work for just one kind of book, but the, the process is what most people are missing. So obviously you have to write a great book. Obviously there are things that you have to do to make sure that, you know, book is presentable and all of that. But if you don't have anybody to sell it to, just as we talked about before, then it doesn't matter. You have a best-selling book that nobody knows about. I hope you guys are paying attention out there. I hope so, too. I am so tired of what people whining about not being able to sell their books. I mean, <laughs> I'm not tired of it, but I want to help. But it's just and people, you know, they just want to write that great book and they want to be artists and they want to be creatives. But at the end of the day, if you're writing a book, you have just now created a business for yourself. This is, this is part of, you know, part of it. So marketing it and selling it, even, and let me just say this too, this is not just for people who self-publish. This is even if you're going to a traditional publishing house because their budgets have been cut dramatically. Wow. So a lot of your marketing 
is on you, not necessarily on them. So they may do their part, especially if you're, you're proven, but if you're not, they're going to rely a lot on you to do a lot of the marketing, sell a lot of the books, and that is going to determine whether they'll publish the second book. So the marketing, the platform growth, the visibility is extremely important when you're writing a book. Well, I have to say you definitely have given me a lot to think about, as I'm sure a lot of other individuals out there who are in the process of writing a book or ready to market it or what have you. Six months, huh? Yeah, I would write, I would like longer, but minimum six months. What about impatient people such as myself? <laughs> well, <laughs> you can't write a book and be impatient. I'll just tell you that right now. So writing a book is not a process for impatient people at all. But it's, it's like I said, I mean, and I, I did a whole program and it was a nine month program and it was called page one to done. And I did nine months because to me, writing a book is like birth and a baby. It's like carrying this, 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 you know, little dream of yours until it's the big dream and it's born and it's in the world and it's being impactful. Um, and as we know, you know, a lot of different things have to come along with the development of this, this dream, just like when you carry a child. I mean, it just doesn't, you just can't do nothing. You have to, to nurture it and feed it right and make sure you know, go to the doctor. You got to do all of these things. And that's the same way with a book. Um, and it was an extremely hard transition for, you know, I have a lot of friends that are authors and some of them, you know, fairly, you know, really well-established authors with traditional publishing houses. And they were failing um, not because the book wasn't good, but because they had spent so much time in their career just writing and relying on the publishing house to do all of the marketing that when this transition started to happen, they didn't have their own um, corralled audience. It was the publishing house that was controlling everything. Um, even when I first wrote my book, um, I, you know, I got the domain for the book. Well, the publishing house got the domain for the book and I didn't know you know, you don't let people have that kind of control over your creative assets. I should have been in control because once I left, they wouldn't give me the domain back. Wow. So, yeah. So it's like those kinds of things that you need to know. Um, and even like when they say in the music, you know, it's the music business. You know, this is the author business. It's not just you can write a book and it will go flourish without you doing anything anymore. Mm -hmm. As in anything in life. As, as in anything in life. Very true. I mean, you have to take ownership of it. Exactly. I know this conversation was just getting good, but unfortunately our time is up. And yes, we have so much more to discuss on this topic. So we will see you next week for part two of how to discover your full potential and ignite your business growth with Nikki Woods. Thanks for joining us on the Just Minding My Black Owned Business podcast. If you enjoyed the content, as always, please share, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you do use. Thanks for listening. And remember, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. You've been listening to the Just Mind in My Black Owned Business with Lynn Nicole podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website, at theclickurban.com to contact us. Have a great week, and we'll see you next episode.